One of the big arguments of the left is that the evil capitalists who make commercials on TV have brainwashed society into certain cultural norms. So if you're going to be a boy, well, then you have to play with trucks and, and action figures. And if you're going to be a girl, you have to play with dolls. And it's all part of this, this whole big brainwashing technique that they use to, to sell and, and make money and, and do things that are evil in general. Not to mention that those companies who are evil also employ a lot of you, and you wouldn't have jobs if they didn't sell toys. Now, unless you sit there and brainwash the person over and over and over again for years and years, it is not very likely that you can brainwash them into liking something they don't actually value. So maybe if you had a, an entire school system that people were at for 12 years, if not more, where you just uh, throw an idea down their throat over and over and over again, maybe you can brainwash and change some of their actual desires. But for the most part, if your company is selling something and you only have a 10 to 30 second commercial on TV, you're not going to have time to brainwash your customer into buying your product. And this is why these companies have focus groups and they do lots of testing. When they do those things, they're trying to, to determine what the audience already values and what they already like. And it's the goal of the company to provide the, that thing to the audience. This is something that Tom Likas would say all the time. He's like, I'm not sitting here telling you what to believe. I'm telling you what you already believe and I'm articulating it better then you can articulate it. And that's that's how you find value in philosophical conversation. That's all I do in this channel is I find out what the people believe. I find out how that lines up with my beliefs. And I just sit there and articulate it better. That way you have that information more readily usable. So if you believe a certain thing about truth and I kind of am in, in line with that, I might do a better job at articulating your version of how you believe your truth than you can, which is why you would listen to a channel like this. And so all I'm doing is just repeating things you already believe. And that's what every good speaker does, is they repeat things you already believe. So here's how this relates to Anita Sarkeesian, because Anita, like many other feminists, believe that they can change the opinions in the minds of their audience rather than doing what good speakers do, is just reflect the opinions and minds of their audience. Uh, and it clearly is not working because she is basically bankrupt, or at least her company, Feminist Frequency, is bankrupt. And I'm not going to go over the finance of that, of that too much. I'll just put a video in the description of a guy who did a much better job than, than I would do at discussing her finances. But basically, she's spending way more money than she's bringing in, and her company is, has basically gone broke. I think the only reason her company did survive was outside of that first Kickstarter campaign, which people, um, if, if you don't know, if you don't remember this from a couple years ago, she raised something like $160,000 to make six videos on YouTube about how games are sexist. Now, based on the quality of these videos that she produced, they cost nowhere near the $160,000 that she, that she made on her Kickstarter campaign. And by the way, she promised to deliver them. And I think she didn't deliver those six videos for like well over a year or two before she finished the whole project. Not to mention that I have some other information. I don't know if this is this is posted publicly yet or if people know about this, but all of the expensive camera equipment that she used, she didn't have to pay for that stuff. She was actually that was actually donated to her, or she borrowed it from some of her, her male friends, probably some of her male feminist friends. And so that that's already a huge amount of the cost taken down. I mean, a, a good, decent camera costs at least $1,000 at that point, if not more than that. Plus, you have to get lighting equipment, you have to get audio equipment. And there's all this type of stuff that you need to record a decent video and make yourself look good. All that was just donated to her. She didn't even have to use her Kickstarter money. So basically, she she kind of stole this $160,000 and didn't really deliver on 
on what her promise was, or at least didn't deliver on it for a, a very, very long time. Like these videos could have been made in a couple weeks and she took like a couple years to do it, or she took at least a year. I'm, I forget the timeline, but it was a well over what it would have taken to make six videos on how games are sexist. And the content of her videos were completely devoid of any sort of truth. Like any sort of basic gamer who's been playing video games for a couple years could have poked holes all through what she was saying. I think it was so easy to knock her down because she wasn't actually a video game player. Like people have been asking, well, if you're if you're a real game player and you have this big Steam profile, why don't you make your Steam profile public so we can see how much games you play? And I think her answer was no on that because the answer is she doesn't play video games. And even when they, they've got this like video of her in college, and if I can find this, I'll put this in, in the description of her saying that, well, she doesn't play video games. She had to like uh, do a lot, a lot of video game research to write this particular essay, and, and she was like in her 20s. So uh, she has not been someone who's been playing games her entire life, and it's very easy to tell because her main argument of these videos was that there's not enough female roles in video games, and that is a complete lie. I think women are often overrepresented in video games uh, based on how many women play video games, which is not very many. I mean, here's some big ones that people would know. Laura Croft from Tomb Raider. Joanna Dark from Perfect Dark. Fantastic game, by the way. I just beat that game uh, again uh, about six months ago. Uh, Samus from Metroid. Uh, Terra or Tina from Final Fantasy VI. Actually, uh, most, if not all, the Final Fantasy games have, have a pretty strong female cast. I think the only one that doesn't is like 15 or something like that. Uh, the lot of, lot of female characters and a lot of female leads in, in RPGs. So complete lie, and people who are uh, the male audience can see right through that, so the message doesn't hit. And so because the message doesn't hit with a broader audience, uh, her and actually Zoe Quinn as well, I believe Zoe Quinn is the start of Gamergate, uh, Zoe Quinn who slept her way all the way up to the UN and made this game called Depression Quest, which is a very, very awful game. Like, I actually played it. It was like not even a game. It was like a website with like, you, you do like it was like a questionnaire like if you have this oh here's what you can do and then oh do you have that that's what you can i mean it, it sounds boring because it, it is boring it was a terrible game and the only reason anybody knows anything about it was because she slept with some people at kotaku or at least a person at kotaku to get uh that person to write a good review about her game despite the fact that it sucks and i believe there was one more uh girl who made it's like brianna or something like that or Brittany. Uh, who made another game that was just god off when she got all over the news saying that people didn't like her game because they're sex. It's like, we don't like your game because it sucks. And so if if that's the case, you can't bully people into liking your stuff. I mean, they tried to do this with Ghostbusters and nobody watched Ghostbusters. They tried to do this with Star Wars and look what happened. They lost money and nobody wanted to watch it. So no amount of feminism is going to make people want to buy your product. And no amount of feminism is going to make people naturally attracted to, to a certain thing. In fact, on, on that note, I've actually met Anita Sarkeesian, by the way. I met her back in 2016. I, I, I remember saying a couple words to her, but I can't remember what those words were. But uh, that wasn't the point in, in this particular event. Because the point was to go see her live and, and see how she presents to an actual audience. And uh, it turns out her and the people on her panel were not very interesting. That panel was an hour, and unfortunately, I sat in the very front row, so I couldn't just leave politely. I was so bored the entire time that I can't believe these people can attract any sort of audience. And most of the time when you see Anita Sarkeesian, you're seeing small little clips or, or you're seeing a cut-up video. But when she has to hold and her friends have to hold an hour of conversation, oh my god, I had a lot of trouble paying attention. All they really did for that whole hour was just talk about how they're oppressed and in, in a very, very boring way. I, I honestly 
can't really remember like one strong point they made because I don't think they really made any strong points. She was pretty, pretty boring. And that's not the only thing that's gone on VidCon with her because I think she's been at quite a few VidCons. At least she was at one one or two years ago where uh, Boogie2988, a, a big YouTuber, was talking, her and, and him were on a panel that talked about bullying. Uh, someone who Boogie two nine eight, someone who's been very very bullied for being overweight and I mean, bullied by his mother his entire life, and then now bullied by his audience, where he said people sent him boxes of shit to his his front door and had actual threats. Whereas Anita Sarkeesian maybe has threats. I'm a little skeptical of that. And here's here's another video reference I'll give you. I'll give you a reference of, of Boogie talking about his event with Anita Sarkeesian and how basically how horribly he was treated by her. That this person who is supposed to be out for the victims, women are the victims. Women are the oppressed class, and I'm here as the on behalf of women speaking for them because they're too afraid to speak because I'm here to help the victims. And as someone who's promoted the message of being the protector of victims, she was a complete tyrant to an actual victim. In fact, Boogie recounts that he was afraid of going on this panel with her because she was he was afraid of, of things that he had heard about her. He was afraid uh, of her attacking him, which she did. And they had to have a, a conversation for like an hour afterward after the event, where uh, it were she had to explain to Boogie how how terrible of a person he was, and and how wrong it was to say that that men are victims too. But that telling of the story will be in the description below. Just another example of how really not great of a person Anita Sarkeesian is. Not only she's not a great speaker, not only is she actually attacking the people who she uh, proclaims to defend, but even her own staff. Uh, she people reported in her own staff that they don't that she didn't pay them. They were often working for free, or they were owed money and they weren't paid. Uh, so that's another great way to lose your support is not only to have a message that nobody cares about, but to not actually help the people who are helping you. And one thing I remember from reading that book Rich Dad Poor Dad about ten years ago is that Robert Kiyosaki says that you should pay your staff well. If you want to get a lot of money back from your taxes that you had to pay, pay a good accountant. Don't pay a shitty accountant. If you want to make sure that you don't get in trouble with the law, get a really good lawyer. The people who are here that help you, make sure they are well paid so they actually like working for you, so they actually defend you when things go wrong. And as soon as things started going wrong for Anita, they just kind of left. They said, well, she's kind of a bitch, so uh, I'm not going to help her at all. She didn't help me when I needed help, so why should I help her? And maybe I get a sick sense of pleasure out of this more so than others because I've heard all my life that people don't prefer the truth. People prefer comfortable lives over things that are difficult to, to uh, handle. And as far as we've seen with the internet, that is not the case. Because what's happened as the truth has been unveiled a lot more, people have started going more towards the truth. It's like, here, here's what it's like. You have a car, and you've got a really, really good car that, that gets good mileage. It goes really fast. It looks really nice. And it's been well-tested. It's very, very safe. And then you've got a piece of shit car. Now, before you, before the internet and before we had free speech or real free speech or, or, or competitive speech with the media... All the media would show you was that shit car, and they would make it look like the best car on the planet. But as soon as the internet comes out, you now see both cars, and you can see and test and feel the other car for yourself. You can say, hey, this car over here, the good car, is way better than that piece of crap over here. And that's kind of what they've done with the truth, is they've, they've showed you a very, very small picture of what's actually true, or some things that are true, but most of it lies. And then when the internet comes around, and they say... Well, hey, here's, you know, that thing that you guys said about that guy wearing that MAGA hat with the Indian, that was completely not true. In fact, if you look at the entire event, 
there were these these black racists shouting a ton of racial slurs at other black people and a ton of racial slurs at the white kids who were children. And, and look how terrible you guys were for basically assaulting these kids and, and getting them had their had had their schools shut down. They they got death threats because the media lied about what was going on there. And so because we have the internet, we can kind of zoom out a little bit, and it seems to be the case, and let's hope this continues to be the case, that when the truth is offered, people tend to prefer it. In fact, uh, here's another example of this, because I was told that this is actually not true, because I read the Bible a couple years ago, and I read it from cover to cover, is that people would say, because I didn't know any better, I'd never read the Bible before, is that the king has a choice to pardon either Jesus, who he admits has done nothing wrong, or Barabbas, who is a criminal. And when he gets feedback from the audience, the audience says that they should pardon Barabbas and not Jesus. Now, when I was told this story, I was told this as the people said that they would rather have the criminal than the person who's being honest. But that is not the case. When you read the actual Bible, and I read the, the, King's, the King James Version, the actual Bible says the clergy or the people who are the, the rulers, the people who are the powers that be, they chose the criminal. They chose Barabbas over Jesus. If you would ask the people, they probably would have chosen Jesus. And this is this is what it's like. The, the media sits here and chooses the lies over the truth. And then, then, then they translate to us that, that we would choose the lies too because we're watching it. Well, you guys were the only things that were available. In that case in the Bible, the clergy was the only thing that's available. But when everybody's available, when, when you have the chance for everybody to compete with you guys, people tend to choose the truth. And you can see how they're responding to this loss because they're going absolutely batshit insane. And we probably haven't seen the end of this. I mean, they're going absolutely nuts. Look what they've done in the past couple weeks. They've tried to take all the people who are disproving them and ruin their source of income, like through Patreon or through their ad revenue. They've tried to ban these people. They've tried to do all these kinds of things because their arguments don't work. And they're, when they stand out of criticism, they're losing. And that's kind of the key factor here, which is why... They tend to not want us to go towards science because science is basically our fundamental fundamental mechanism for finding truth. And the way you find truth in science is criticism. There is no idea in science that cannot be criticized. And there are a lot of ideas that were well-established that were criticized you know, years later and found out to be wrong. One of those ideas is the law of conservation of mass. Before, we said that you matter can't be created or destroyed. And then Einstein came along. He's like, well... Let, let me let me say this. Yes, it can. You can break atoms apart, and we call that nuclear physics. And so he came along, took this well-established principle, and broke it. it. Even things like gravity, which is another well-established principle. There was a guy who did a banned TED Talk, and if I can find that, I will put that in, in the description. But he was basically criticizing science and saying, hey, this, this thing that you call gravity is not as consistent as you'd like to believe it is. It actually changes. depends on where the, the Earth is around the sun. It depends on where you are in the Earth. But this constant that you call gravity, which I think is what, nine you, things fall at 9.2 meters per second, it depends on where you are in the world. And if you're trying to do calculations on 9.2 meters per second and you're at some different part of the world where it's uh, uh, 9.1006, instead of 9.2, your calculations are going to be off. So this is a pretty big deal, uh, if, especially if you're going to you know, spend tons of money on, on spacecrafts and stuff like that to calculate for gravity, and those calculations happen to, be, happen to be off. There's a very famous example where this guy um, sends a, they send a probe to Mars and it crashed because they didn't convert their units, they, they didn't convert their units from miles to kilometers. And, and I think that lost like $25 million or something like that. So the criticism is a very, very key part. Nothing is ever perfectly true. Things are just more true. Like that car example, the way you get a better car is you make your initial car, and it drives, it works, 
but then it hits a bump on the road and it breaks. And so he said, okay, well, we can't just make wheels like this anymore. We have to put shocks. So that way when we hit rocks, the, the car bounces back naturally or it bounces back a lot easier and doesn't break the entire suspension. And then, okay, now we've got good suspensions. Now we've got good shocks. And then it rains. And when it rains, you get water all inside the car. So now we have to, to, to make some weather stripping. And then, okay, now our engine doesn't doesn't last for more than 10,000 miles, so let's let's make it so it lasts longer. And so all these critiques from, from actual nature are what makes the car better. And so if you have an idea that is immune to criticism, or if you have these certain principles that are immune to criticism, they're always going to be very weak because criticism and, and problems are how we make things stronger. So the media is finding this out, or they realized it a long time ago that their ideas are not as strong as the newer ideas. When they have competition, they get beaten down every single time and so because their ideas will never win yet they have to push them for some reason maybe they're trying to get some type of complete government control which hopefully won't happen uh, because they're trying to get that they basically had to flip the table they had to say well your ideas are are so are so much more powerful than ours that the only way we can defeat them is by by basically destroying you by destroying your income by doing things like getting rid of your youtube ad revenue or destroying your donation services through whether it's patreon or whether it's paypal not giving services or credit card companies not giving services to subscribe star uh, by destroying your reputation by destroying your ability to get a job if youtube doesn't work out this is the only recourse they have and fortunately what happens is because there's so much truth around this because most people don't believe these things every time they do a major move like this they might get away with some of it but there's this huge backlash and so as long as youtube is the power that 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 bees or that is for right now they might get away with some of this but as soon as um uh, Jordan Peterson's uh, video website comes up or his social media website comes up or w whatever his team is calling it. Or as soon as BitChute gets more, more popular and they have a competitor, people are just, anytime things like this happen, people are just going to jump to the next competitive platform. The only reason people have not done that uh, in, in large ways, like have, have, have not made these other sources their primary sources, is because they're not as big as YouTube yet. But when that happens, none of this shit will be gotten away with. So anyway, I thought I'd just make this video to give you guys some good news. I don't think Anita Sarkeesian is going to be around very much longer. And if you look at her channel, Feminist Frequency, it basically gets no views. It gets like two... Th it, I mean, my channel almost gets as many views as Feminist Frequency does, which is pretty embarrassing considering how much money they got. And I think the only reason she survived up to this, up to this point was because her company was getting donations from either her fake Kickstarter campaign, which is just basically a scam... And then from from big corporations that give donations, and kind of have the way that places like Vox survive, despite the fact that the Vox gets a lot of views on YouTube, but they don't get enough to actually fund their projects, so they have to get the funding somewhere else. And that's kind of the same case with Anita Sarkeesian. But they're going to find out, and say, hey, we're giving you all this money, and we're either not getting the political power that we wanted, because we, you know, if we're going to give you a million dollars to not make us money, what we're going to get is you're going to give people ideas. So we want you to promote this certain idea. That's why we're going to give you a million dollars or $10 million or $200 million because we want people to believe this. That way we can, I don't know, get more government power and that government power is going to lead to our company being more successful because we'll make favorable laws for ourselves. That's basically why some of these companies want government power is because they get to spend $100,000 buying this politician off and they get to make $10 million off of the new legislation. And so if they're not even doing that for them, I don't think these companies are going to be paying them any money anymore. So I think the, these people are pretty much dead. And seeing how recent events have been going, I don't think this is going to be the last time the left loses. And I think they're going to lose a lot more in the future. But that'll be for me to cover some other time. And so uh, that's it for this video. If you liked it, please hit the like button. Subscribe if you're new. Comment and share. My BitChute link will be in the description if you want to sign up for my backup channel. 
Otherwise, I will see you in the next video.